0: Welcome to Stop, Back, and Roll, a podcast about getting a decent reputation as a game designer by making romance games, and then abruptly making a D&D heartbreaker. I'm Brandon.
1: And I'm James. And today we'll be talking about how to build a heck of a hex, hex world for a hectic fantasy hellscape.
0: Okay, so we've got a loose idea. Because yeah. so let me, I, I'm at the very beginning of tinkering with something, and something I said about it activated something in your brain, uh, in our yes. pre-content, and so we're gonna we're gonna do both maybe.
1: <laughs> so, this is what I connected back with. Okay, so I want to. Somebody recently posted in the in our Discord that. Uh, the, the, so first of all, <laughs> this, is, this is a story that's going to make that is going to make me sound really dumb, okay. and I'm going to push through it anyway. Yeah, just push through. I won't interrupt and say that you're dumb. I went and read the original post about the original West Marches campaign recently. Um. Oh, okay, yeah,
0: and which I did not realize. Know, are you going to explain what a West Marches game is?
1: A little bit, yes. Okay. So I didn't realize that that was by. The same guy who wrote microscope.
0: Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, the guy who wrote microscope invented West March's campaigns. Yeah.
1: Um, Are and you he has a sure? Ser- I'm pretty sure.
0: I thought they were. I thought that that was like a beginning of D and D thing.
1: No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Um, and so he has a series of blog posts about it where he ran this campaign setting called the West Marches. Um, and it's a, it's, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, so I didn't know that I will admit, I assumed that the cons that, that concept of that style of gameplay was originated by someone named West March. <laughs> and, and that they had, uh, I don't know, come up with this idea. But I I thought this was like
0: Gygaxian. No, I don't believe so. I'm like now I'm now like clicking around and I'm seeing Ars Ludi. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My mind is blown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's Ben Robbins who wrote Microscope and Kingdom and follow and union was the person who originated this West Marches style. So, which I will now explain. And is like
0: to give an idea of how much this proliferates all of even more traditional D anD D. Like I, I didn't think that it was Gygax, I thought it was like Arneson, But like I've never said West Marches to someone who's like a Grognardi type, mm-hmm. and had them go, "What's the West Marches?" So like this is like. <laughs> this is d d yeah. lore right there
1: so it's it's a it's what it was a d and d campaign that he ran for a group of ten to fourteen people and the concept was you are all adventurers who are who are centered around this tavern uh on the edge of the west marches and yeah. the and it was and it was a little bit um it, it was a little bit uh dogs in the vineyard where it was like you don't like, we don't go East because East is where civilization is. We are adventurers. Yeah. We are not for that, that civilized land. We, we go West and West of where this, like you're on this edge of this border into the West marches and the West marches are a, uh, are a dangerous place. And so the, I think that the two pieces, like the two key things. So actually I will say that there was a key design piece to this that I wasn't aware of. Um, I understood that it to, be, to, it to be a drop-in, drop-out style game. Yeah. So, like, he Open has 10 to 14. Style. They have 10 to 14 players. What I didn't understand was that the intent was that it was going to be driven by the players. And so what would yes. happen is the players would say, the, pl- the, the players in an email chain separate from the game would say, hey, I'm interested in going back to this, this um, temple we went, went, once went to or exploring this region. Who wants to come with me?
0: Are you saying what?
1: Yeah. And so then <laughs> they would and so they would organize who was gonna go on the adventure with them and then tell Ben, who is GMing the game, yeah. we would like to go here, so he could prep they could prep the game. <laughs> and then that's how this and then and then they would meet. And the only the only condition would be that it would be on a day that Ben could GM.
0: My my mind is legitimately blown because I you did should- not realize it was as cool. As yeah. it is. I you have should go read these the blog <laughs> posts. You should go.
1: It's a series of like four blog posts. Um, and it's really cool. And and so like he talks about um, a bunch of things like how he put a lot of effort into maps, which you might not do for a normal D&D game yeah. because he knew that the players would be coming back to those maps.
0: yeah. Um,
1: and so he does a lot of things. So like, so like right off the bat, the players know um, I knew that
0: that was important. That the mapping was like a huge thing mm-hmm. about West March's campaign. The
1: other thing is that he doesn't give them a map; they make their own map of the region. Nice. And so, if their map is wrong,
0: then their map they, is wrong.
1: Then their map is wrong. But that they are allowed to do that, and because of the way he sets up the world, then um, pl- there are like there are there are there are organizations of people. Like there are monsters, there are bandits that live out in these west marches, and so you might want to go back to places you'd already been yeah. to like re-clear out the temple, or or like maybe uh, he intentionally set up um, dun- like dungeons that would have treasure rooms that you couldn't break into at low level. So you could go through the rest of the dungeon at low level, but you'd have to come back. And so you'd mark that as a note and say, let's come back when we have a a spellcaster or let's come back when we've got more people or something like that.
0: That's so wild. Like I understood it to be a large shared world, but this is much Mm -hmm. cooler.
1: Yeah. And so it was, it was a solution to having a lot of people who wanted to play and, but making scheduling difficult. And so he basically put scheduling on the players and said, (laughs) tell me when you want to play.
0: That is my kind of game. And I I will not
1: prepare for it. Uh, And yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I I highly recommend that everyone go, even if you think you know about it, go read these, I'll put them in the show notes, go read these blog posts again, because it's interesting in a way that I did not expect. Um, And there's a lot to it. Um, yeah there's a lot there's a lot like i'm 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 well i'm opposed to playing d and d when right. you can play quest or something else yeah but like um i'm guy. i'm opposed i'm opposed to i'm sometimes opposed to the g m just play like rolls their dice um open and like puts things in the world and the world is dangerous. Um and if the players go kill themselves on the dangerous parts of the world, then that's really on them. Like I, I generally think that, that is a that's a bad storytelling yeah. um, strategy. G- but Because it, I, isn't I, strategy. it isn't a storytelling strategy. Because it isn't a storytelling strategy. Um there was more Ben Robbins put more thought into the death and danger in this world, um, in this West Marches campaign, in a way that made it make sense to me. Interesting. Um, And sort of sold me on that. So there's a whole section on death and danger, Um, and it was definitely like it was definitely understood that players would die. Um, Yeah, and and so like some of what they do is is like basically a group of high level players running lower level players who had uh, who (laughs) just showed up through sections of the world to like get them some experience. Yeah,
0: like like an MMO.
1: (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, I think it wasn't quite that explicit. Yeah, like. There were there was enough in the world that you could go out with a higher level group and not die or be useless. That's um, pretty cool. It's it's a it was a much cooler thing. So where do we start with this? So where oh, we started
0: so, from. The, oh no, you go. Do you have something else that you want to start with us?
1: No, no, no. Tell me. Just talk about where we started with this okay. conversation.
0: Because where we started from this is that I am in this perpetual roiling desire to get a fantasy game that works for what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I started talking again about that online, and I realized that one of the things I don't like, this is going to sound bizarre given what I've been working on recently with fantasy stuff, one thing I don't care about is fantasy cities. Mm-hmm. I do not want to go to like a fancy fantasy city, I want to go to like little towns and little settlements. Yeah. Which got me thinking like, hey, that sounds less like D&D, more like Apocalypse World. Mm-hmm. which got me going, oh, apocalyptic fantasy, the thing that everybody writes. Uh <laughs> because I am a hack and I don't want to have my indie cred anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, uh go ahead and find me on uh, Twitter and unfollow. Uh <laughs> but so what I started playing with was this concept that the world has been like destroyed in like a spell war or something like that. Mm. You know, a like, big old magic spell war that we don't care about. Um then the players are like you know some people that are trying to set up a little village and like kind of survive in the waste right like go for like really hit like the sh- the feelings of like of uh of shortage in apocalypse world right mhm and i was conceptualizing it as a little bit of a west marches campaign that yeah. i didn't know the full history of is kind of like a hex crawly <laughs> thing that you play with as many players as you want and you start off with like really disposable characters and you like really aim to have disposable characters because that is my preferred d and or high fantasy style and basically instead of being like oh I am a fighter you are just like I am a person and I have these stats, and I have a couple traits. And when you start out, it'll be like, I have a couple of traits that are like I can punch a little bit harder, but then like you go, and you go into like a biome, a spell biome that was uh, attacked with uh, ice magic, and you're able to like unlock a table of abilities that you can roll for for your home society, and like you're kind of trying to like basically take back take back the world from how spells have destroyed it. Hmm. Which, like, is... Because part of my idea always is trying to, like, figure out how do we do cool fantasy fights without having it be, like... Without having it be, like, colonial in, like, a taking land from people that are there. You know? Like, I feel like fighting something that is definitively an elemental is definitively a monster is a different kind of story that yeah. makes me less uncomfortable, uh especially if it is something that was created through some form of violence, right so it's like this place is filled with fire zombies uh and we're gonna try to live here, and that's very difficult to live here. but if we do live here, we're gonna learn how to cast some fire spells and we're gonna learn how to like maybe raise some fire zombies of our own and sort of have like that small society be the cornerstone of the game because you'll be dying constantly and then coming back and generating from that center space
1: hmm there's a little bit of um. Uh, there's a little bit of I just just watched all of the 100 on the CW I, I've um, not watched the 100 and it's about it's about a one a group of one hundred teenagers okay. who are sent from they all live on a space station. Yeah, um, and the they live on a space station because most of humanity or all of humanity that they believe has moved into a space station, um, and and the war, after a nuclear apocalypse, basically, um, and so they are sent back as <laughs> by the adults as basically like guinea pigs who okay. leave because they're 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 teenagers they're also criminals. Okay. Um it's a little bit complicated. Um but the they some of the adults believe that the earth is actually habitable again. And so they come down onto the earth and they have like they have they have taken earth skills classes where they learn about the earth and like how to farm and stuff. But obviously nothing is like that because there was a nuclear war. Right. Um and and then like so they have to do a lot of like exploring and learning about what kinds of weird creatures and monsters and stuff live in the world. Um, and then ultimately, they pretty quickly run into people who survived down on the ground. Yeah. And then it becomes this like tension of we need to learn from them to not die because they've been yeah. doing this longer than us. But also, we're kind of here on their land. And so yeah. how do we how do we learn to coexist? Because yeah. we can't go back up to the space station.
0: And that's definitely something that I want to also have like space for is like that you would you've got your little settlement that you're you're hard scrabbling trying to figure out a way to live and you find other hard scrabble little settlements you know like mm-hmm. i it, I want it to, to to feel like almost definitively fallout that yeah. like you're in your le- probably fewer buildings but uh that like you know you bump into a place that it's like oh there's 20 people here that have set up a little space uh, and you kind of try to just make things work and like are like bringing in people to your settlement when you can and like trying to avoid little skirmishes and wars. But there's a little bit of a uh, 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 zombie world in that. There's a little bit of zombie world. There's a little bit of dwarf fortress. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so like, I feel like because because there there are some of those like uh, Kingmaker campaigns from D&D or Pathfinder or whatever it is. Um. But those tend to be, like, you're managing a community that more or less exists, whereas, like, this could be the kind of thing where it's, like, yes, we're a community, we are 10 people, and you're, like, let's, we we, we need to figure out how to make, how to make food here, and that might mean, like, you bring your caravan somewhere else that you can make food mm-hmm. a little easier, or it might be, like, figuring out, okay, this is how we make a farm in a spell biome that is filled with ice so here is the idea
1: that i had okay um here is an idea that i had while you were talking about that cool um and i i hope that this makes coherent sense (laughs) because i'm putting this together as we're talking no worries um so this
0: this is a very this is like something i'm like just starting to tinker with
1: So prior to us starting this recording, I had started to talk about Apocalypse World. Yes. And one of the things that I really like is its threat radar map thing. Yeah. um, Where you have this idea that um, there are... So okay, I'm like I'm putting together a bunch of different pieces of of game design in my <laughs> head, like as we speak. But like, so you have you have a game radar where you kind of know like what is the threat that is north, like physically north of you? What is the yeah. threat that is south of you? What is the so you have idea of from from relative to your position? What are the threats that are all around you? Um, and I like the idea of a like hex map focused game, and I wonder if you couldn't do a sort of fractal map thing um and and so okay so let me just explain this
0: you might be describing something that i'm thinking of so go
1: ahead i want to hear this so you would have your hex grid yeah with just big hex hexes okay and each hex would have like one or two like basically one fate aspect style right. thing to yeah. define it like um you know that up north there is ice or you know like like it would be it would almost be the big picture like what is the defining magical atrocity that happened that's that uh, is
0: exactly what i'm aiming for yeah
1: like and then yeah and then when you and then so then if the characters say okay we want to go up and explore that ice hex grid well then when you get there you break that grid that hex up into a bunch of smaller hexes. Yep. And then you define each of those yeah. as, like, as you move towards them, you can see that there's a mountain over there and there's a forest over there and a valley over there. And then as you move through the map, you actually, like, keep breaking up each hex up into a grid of smaller hexes until you're at the point where it's literally a game map and the players can move around it.
0: Yeah, my, my intention was essentially that that you start that like you have a map that as the gm uh or coming along with the product you have either hexes or like certain hexes like scattered into like a group like this could be this could look like gerrymandered districts cuz this is all mm-hmm. like wild spells coming yeah, out yeah um but that you as a player have like a vague idea that you can look out and go like oh If you look out over there, there are enormous storm clouds that are constantly firing electricity down at the ground. Uh, I've got an idea of what kind of thing we might see there. And then as a GM, you have a couple of pages that say, this is the kind of thing that's there, these are some threats, this is some ideas, maybe this is like a rollable grid of things, like what kinds of encounters you might find there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then basically as you explore... Uh, you're learning a little bit more as you go through. and that, But like you are in, yeah. like if you're in a place that nature has taken back in like this like growth sort of way, mm-hmm. you might have 20 hexes that you can get through moving around within that uh, area if you're like, I do not want to deal with the other spell effects. So
1: here's here's another thing. Yeah. So that idea of regions having like rollable tables of monsters. Yeah. That is, that is literally what Ben Robbins does in his West Marches campaign. For each <laughs> for each region, he sets up a table of 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 monsters that might appear and then rolls on them. And it's set up that way so that if you go to the region adjacent to it, yeah, there's always a um there's always a, an entry on the table that says roll on the adjacent and adjacent t- uh section's or region's oh, table cool. for like f- monsters that go yeah. out of their own territory to make it feel like a lived in area. Yeah. And I wonder if I wonder if. So, okay. Let me bring up
0: quest. I and mean, I mean like this is in some ways the way that D&D is set up also. Right? Yeah. Like there's a reason that the that the monster manual has like encounter tables by region. Yeah. Your intention is to do this. Like m- what I'm thinking is just making it extremely specific that you are never walking through a forest. Mm-hmm. Because walking through a forest is boring. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's way more interesting to be walking through a necrotic forest. Uh, you're never going to like a city. You might be like in a ruined city, mm-hmm. but I don't want I don't want to spend any time with a session that it's like. Well, which inn should we go to? Yeah, like yeah. even when you're home, when you're dealing with stuff on like your kind of like the c- dealing with stuff on like the city level, it should be like we need to deal with this now because otherwise we're not going to survive.
1: So, so here's the thought that I had. Yeah. In quest. Um because I was actually just talking to someone about this on the Discord as well. Um the way that you make NPCs and monsters, yeah, is every NPC has an HP number and an attack number, which is just okay. how much health do they have and how much damage do they do when they attack. Yeah. And then they have some number of features. And features okay. are things like uh, there. There are simple things like veteran or uh, uh, leader or big or colossal things at scale, and just give them like extra XP or extra um, ability points and stuff like that. But they're also more like intangible things like invisible or evasive or um, phase shifter or shapeshifter or ethereal. And yeah. so I wonder if you couldn't build a system and so like you're encouraged to just like mix and match those and make cool monsters but i wonder if a system that was focused on that like had a whole bunch of those things so if you're imagining i'm imagining this hex grid that has these uh keywords that define that section of the region what if each of those things like as you get closer they stop being sort of like descriptive of um they're they're always descriptive of the region so that it's never just a forest it's an ice forest or you're in the like yeah. spidery section of the iced forest or whatever um but what if those then also become i don't know how you would do this physically in a book but if those <laughs> would then become like um if you want to roll for a random encounter you would you would grab the encounter table for um each of the keywords for the things in the region Scaling down from oh. the big hex to the little hex, and then yeah. that would generate you uh, a list of special features that were very specific to monsters from just that region.
0: So you are you're in the woods dealing with spiders, but you're in the ice region. Yeah, and so you get the the chilling spiders that blow yeah. chill breath. Yes, man, that would you know. that would be that would destroy all of your actions. That that maybe is not a good combination that ruins yeah. action economy. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey welcome to uh, stop back and roll where suddenly we're talking about action economy but I, I like 100 I like episodes it, in <laughs> like it, it which is just sort of me
1: saying that I like the idea of Ben Robbins is uh, uh, monster like hundreds of monster tables for each of the different regions of the world but like yeah.
0: could we do that procedurally, procedurally. so that that it work in advance. that's 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 exactly what I'm kind of trying to do Mm -hmm. is come up with this thing that I'm able to goof around with it and be like hey what are six cool things that might have to do with being in a region that was set upon by like a giant uh, cloud of blades right like what would be the things that exist there and like how would the things that exist there be different like blade beetles like blade beetles yeah um and so basically just grabbing those things and having it so that you've got like it doesn't need to be a lot because i don't i think h amount like for fantasy adventure games you don't need anything more than hp and damage yeah you know like we don't need to know how good the the blade beetle is at hiding unless like you have a specific move unless there's like yeah, but then, in that case, write a move. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, how am I going to make this game that uses, I think what I'm doing is I'm making it so that basically the large hexes are modules without adventures. Mm. And so, like, you grab, like, your little, your little packet of stuff, or your couple of pages in the book, <laughs> and when people enter a space, you're like, okay. I know what's in this hex because I've made it ahead of time or because I'm rolling it on this table right now.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Uh, have like a little system for like the hexes that are hexes visible from somewhere else, you know? Like, yeah. Because some people that have some people like a little biker gang of wizards is not visible
1: yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: a hex away, but a mountain is. Uh,
1: you might hear a rumor that, the, that that's where the wizard biker gang hangs out,
0: though. Oh, totally! And that would be great to be able to get, like, start setting up yeah. the things and figuring out in your own. Well, so that's what that's what
1: that. my that that was. So that was ultimately the point of what I was thinking about this this sort of fractal hex thing is. Is that so? You know that if the players say we're going to go over and explore that uh, the ice region first, then you build out those hexes like the next uh, most like the next smaller um, fractal of hexes and you know where yeah. they're going to enter from because there's maybe there's only one uh, valley that leads into the the ice forest uh, or into the ice lands and you know yeah. that it's the ice forest. So you prep for the ice forest and then they can see all of the different re- or they can hear about or hear rumors about the regions that are near them. But yeah. they're always going to be moving physically through the most like the smallest hex grid and so you'll be able to know in advance, based off of where they're going, what to prep for next session yeah. as they progress and sort of e- expand on these these fractal hexes
0: absolutely, and like I think it it is fun to be able to go like uh we have we have fought back some of this magical corruption, and so now it's easier for us to pass through these areas, right, yeah, and so that like at a certain point you're going. Okay, you're going from this hex to the... Like, you're going from from here up to the mountain. Well, we've gone through the mountain. Uh, we've gone up to the mountain a dozen times. Like, we have... We've built a road. We we can do this. Mm-hmm. And then it's very easy, you know?
1: One of the things that I... That is... One of the things that I think is not part of standard fantasy... Well, yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. I like Stargates in fantasy games. Um <laughs> we, <laughs> Which is to say, I like games that um, have magical portals that, travel. Be- that become fast <laughs> travel systems. But when you first discover them, you don't know where you're going to come out, and yeah. so I, like I, I really love the idea of like you're in an area of the world that you have elaborated, like you have like um decomposed or um or refined a bunch of these hexes. So you feel yeah. pretty comfortable that you know where things are, but here's this portal and it dumps you out in a blank space on the map. Yeah. And you don't know what's there. Now you've got to figure out what all the hexes around you are.
0: And by setting this in like a in a world that is in like this spell chaos, you can really effectively go, like, hey, Yeah, you don't know what's out there. Yeah. Um, I don't want to do, like, a thing that... I I don't want to do a thing where it's like, yes, you are a dirt farmer and you will always be a dirt farmer. Like, I want Adventure 1 for you to go do something neat. But if you set it up that the world just ended because of how powerful magic is, you can go into a place and get a... You can get a, a, a Ghost Rider motorcycle on yeah. Adventure One and like that makes sense and is cool in like this in this setting, right? And so it's I think it I think what will make this work is having a set of rules that's like pretty simplistic. Mm-hmm. And but have enough space to like give you moves and narrative permissions. Yeah. I I'm, almost I'm kind of playing with like with like taking just, like, one of the, like, the simpler OSR, or n- not the one of the simpler OSR, but, like, the one of the OSR, like, retro clone style things, mm-hmm. and just building off of that. I still and think you should look at Quest. This sounds like a Quest game to me, with, I, with some add-ons. I definitely, I definitely ha- need to read through Quest. I actually, I have Quest, but it's packed, and I uh, don't know what yeah. box it's packed in, which... <laughs> Is awful because I I won I won it in a contest thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And so yeah. I want to do like a it's like tweets showing it off and like doing like an opening and we read, read through and everything. Well, you move, and I have no clue where it is. Like it is in a box. Yeah. I know it's in the basement. It might hit some of the
1: the notes that you're looking for from a mechanic sit, mechanical game because yeah. it has that same mentality of like monsters should be simple except for when they need to not be and yeah. like. Uh, the focus is extremely on the abilities which are basically moves yeah Um, and so i think that with some tweaking and some like with a map overhaul because it doesn't have a map system so like add in a map system and i think you've got like 90 percent of what you're looking for there it
0: might be um like because what i'm looking at right now i actually have the black hack second edition open right now um to read that too i i like it i haven't read all of it yet Um, and I'm finding more and more I should, like, really read everything before I give it, like, a full, uh, (laughs) full approval. Um, but, like, I'm looking right now at a page for skeletons, and it has four different kinds of skeletons on one page, uh, that each of them has HP dice one, like, it has the amount of HP dice it has, it has a description of what weapon it has and how it works, which is, like, strength, one close, three damage, done. Uh, and, like, a little ability for some of them. The flaming skeleton spits flames. Creatures starting their turns close by take four damage. And then that is, like, all the information you need. Things you might find in a skeleton. <laughs> brittle by nature. What are they doing? Two D6s l- lets you know that. And, like, that's so quick and so easy. Mm-hmm. And so if you did that and built out with, like, a mind towards this is a procedurally generated setting <laughs> i think you could come up with some like really cool stuff and just like ideally putting it together in a way that you're like uh i have these six spell biomes and now i want to add another one i add stuff specifically to those to this new sp- uh spell biome
1: you know mhm yeah 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 I almost I like the idea too, that, um, I would if I were doing this, I would want there to be a uh, a system for a system like the rumors system from Urban Shadows, yeah, um, where players tell you rumors about things they've heard. Like maybe you begin or end every session in a in a tavern or a crossroads or something like that. You gotta. Uh, and and then hear about the things that are going on in the world. And that's yeah. the sort of mechanical way that you actually extrapolate these fractals so that it's actually the players who are building out the next like uh next most specific set of fractals for you. And yeah. then cool they can see. they can signal what they're interested in game wise. Yeah. Which I always and, like.
0: And additionally, that also lets you like play with things in other ways. Like if you are doing an online game mm-hmm. saying like, hey. Let's get some. Let's get some rumors. What's what's in this world, um, or yeah. even like a system that lets you have some lonely fun? Because mm, mm-hmm. I think that that anything that is trying to reclaim nostalgic feelings should have an opportunity for for some of like the lonely fun that of making of of being a and GM that is a ton of work, but is also like. An entertaining thing that we don't have as much of in indie storytelling games mm-hmm. i am truly trying to destroy every bit of indie cred that i have <laughs> <laughs> well yeah yeah it's, this, build it back up this, this is a game this is a game that has a monster manual <laughs> it actually probably isn't it's a game that has yeah. a number of a monster table a, a whole bunch of monster tables so many monster tables
1: one of the things that um, I thought was another like I'm just re-skimming this this article on the West Marches game. One of the things that he says is a side effect of the the this format, which is also where, um, for the most part, he wasn't there. Weren't a lot of other people in this world. There weren't a lot of yeah. like it was a lot of monsters, yeah. um, and stuff. Um, and so he said that there's like a, there's a real problem in a lot of D and D games where the GM feels. Um, like, they're in opposition to the players, not the characters. Okay. And so, like, the players feel like they need to beat the GM or yeah. that the GM is their is their opponent. And yeah. so because he wasn't playing, scheming NPCs with clever ploys, he's just playing the world. And because everything was like, and yeah. now I'm going to roll on this table, it it put him in less of a... Like the monsters and the system that, like by design, was the opposition, and he was just there to help tell the the the, the players what happened.
0: Yeah, in some way, the GM moves from an anti- like an antagonist to like a cartographer. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that is a potentially really cool role for someone who likes that kind of role, you know. And it was,
1: and I think it was, as he explains it, like a narrative load off of like there was a there's a there's a level of um. <sighs> of, like, mental load when you have to play in opposition. Yeah. You have to be as devious as the characters are expecting your villain to be. And,
0: and, like, there's also a mental load to just, to playing storytelling games, you know? And, like, going, like, I I am writing a coherent story here with, like, we are all gathered together to tell a coherent story. Versus, like, we're gonna go in the woods and fight a tree.
1: Well, and also, it wasn't that, it's not that there is no story, but that the story is more, um... Archaeological. Yeah. Like you're telling the story of things that happened here previously, yeah. um, in, in a small scale, and the players are then interacting and discovering that story. Totally, and then building their own story by di- going there by doing, and doing things. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, there was another, another big part of the game um, was that the players who would play would send out a, a, a game summary in the nice. email, uh, nice. and it started. And he was saying how it started. As just a here's what happened, here's who went, and here's like how many monsters we killed and what level. And like just the sort of purely mechanical thing. Yeah. Um, and then it became people like writing emails in character telling the story of like what happened. Because it's important for all the other all the other characters to know what's happened on that adventuring group. Yeah. And they would in theory have met in the tavern and talked about it.
0: Absolutely. I'm just into this. I want to do this. Yeah. Do you want to make? Do you want to? Do you want to outline? Do you want to outline what makes a spell biome with me? Sure. I'm it's like time left. Yeah, because I, I feel like we've got a little bit of time. We can do a little bit of this and like see, see what things are are building towards. My my keyboard is so loud, but I might just type <laughs> on it anyway. This is a production podcast.
1: Yeah, this is now going to be a podcast with typing.
0: <laughs> this is a typing podcast we, we've been a if, typing podcast in the past if you
1: um can type all of the exact keys that brandon is typing just by sound then uh, you'll you, you'll get a you'll combo
0: yeah that's um, true okay perfect
1: you just want to do it in the outline oh sure
0: i should have had the Here's outline the open the i'm link. responsible man it's just it's just that we're very new to podcasting yeah uh so we're making like rookie mistakes like not having the outline open. <laughs>
1: um, it's like uh, Jeff was talking about how he has been making uh, Party of One for five years now. Yeah. And my first reaction was weird that he's been podcasting for seven years and waited three years before he started his <laughs> his first podcast. <laughs> because my brain refuses to accept that he hadn't already been podcasting for like yeah. a couple years before we met him.
0: Because he's so freaking professional at it. He's so good. Go listen to Party of One. Yes. Jeff is incredible. And listen to All My Fantasy Children, which is one of my very favorite podcasts. Like, I was going to say gaming podcast, but it's just one of my very favorite podcasts. Yeah. Okay. I've put one, like a <laughs> uh, like an outline. I'm going to change it to, to that kind of one. Ooh, a, a <laughs> yeah. spicy one. A spicy one. No, <laughs> oh, it's a Roman numeral one. Yeah. Yeah, you know Roman numeral. Everyone knows Roman numerals. They're so spicy. Yes, they're a savory taste. You wouldn't use a Roman numeral in like a sweet dessert. No, of course, of course not. Yeah. Um. Although actually, savory desserts are delicious. Anyway, um, numbered lists are mommy. So yes, everybody. <laughs> well then. <laughs> James, this is not a beginner's <laughs> podcast. This is a game designer's podcast. Yes, and every <laughs> game designer knows that of course, unnumbered lists are a mommy. Exactly. That's n- not news to anyone. Um, so It's the, It's where the meat of the game is. Oh my gosh. Now I'm go Now. <laughs> now I'm like intimidated because I'm making this list with people like potentially listening. Um, well,
1: okay. So here's what here's what if I was doing this.
0: Yeah. Um. You want the
1: like the what is the physical thing that you can see from afar? What's the is is like if I'm standing on the road looking in that direction? What do I see? Is it look like yeah. a mountain? Does it look like a forest? Does it look like a river? What is the like geographical or like uh, geological aspect of it? Yeah. Um, you would also want like what rumors have I heard about the region like what when i when I talk to the old man who sits in the corner of the inn and and is always there, no matter how early or how late I stay, um and he always has a story about everything. What does he tell you about the last time that a bunch of adventurers went off in that direction um and so that's important, I think, yeah, um, you would want um you would want to know, well, if we're talking about specifically. Uh, like a spell wasteland, oh, you yeah. might want to know what kind of magic emanates from that. Like, what kind of like, um, what is the like, ma- what is the thing that explodes in the sky at night um, to mm. let you know that there's like. Uh like where, wh- is there an arc of of ice magic that like shoots up into the sky does does do meteors fall there constantly like what kind of what magical effects are visible from a from a distance uh, Yeah yeah
0: how like how does the spell manifest How does the spell manifest from a distance in a physical way Yeah So this all kind of falls under like what like from outside the the biome Yeah Exactly,
1: yeah, um, so then you would want the you as the g m would want to know what is the non physical spell manifestation are like like yeah. what is that that key, what is the table that you're going to roll on when you decide that there's a spider is it the ice table is it the the solar flare table is it the fireball table like what is the the magical yeah. table element or something like that that you're going to roll on that
0: makes the monsters or creatures or somethings unique yeah it's like the arcane effects that that should call that should like be the the brush that you paint everything with yeah yeah,
1: yeah. um you might want to know what was this region before the war or before the disaster mm. That's um, a thing that
0: I've gone back and forth on, and like like do i want do I want it to feel like there was a world before or does does it should it feel i guess that's actually part of each spell biome, right mm-hmm. like there might be like an icy spell biome might leave more
1: well also i of would the world i would want to do it on two tables, okay, a table of what was it, and then a table of how much is left um, yeah and maybe each like spell biome has a modif- like you were saying has a modifier on the how much is left table and so maybe uh higher number like only the lowest like like a, a zero or a one i guess you can't roll a a zero on a die but like a a one is um it's very well preserved uh, yeah. but just left untended and a and a and a six or a 20 is um is like totally un unvisible or, or whatever and so well, maybe I'm- like
0: A nice thing also is that if you've got this set up as each spell biome having information, Mm -hmm. like, you don't need, you can have that as basically, Oh, you can have the rule appear there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you, like, if you have a, if someone decides to do, like, I'm doing a spell biome that a time wizard made time stop you, then there just isn't a role there, you know? Like, you're just showing what was there. Except frozen. Exactly.
1: Um, yeah, I like that. So that way you establish what it is, but then also determine how destroyed it is. Probably yeah. leaning with most of the tables leaning heavily on not much.
0: Yeah, that's um, yeah, most of the time it should be like you are coming into some kind of wasteland or yeah, or bad stuff. Um,
1: you might want to know uh what has built up. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah,
0: cuz like you also want to know what what is there? Each you should be able to generate for any. Like I think I think there's there's some generation that happens. That's like before you enter. Yeah, and there's the roles that happen when you enter one of those squares. Exactly. Right. Hexes. So like, please, you have a what's there? Yeah. Like your you have an encounter table essentially. Yeah, basically. Which may involve wandering monsters. It may involve like, uh a like you're in the ice you're in an ice biome there are sheer straight up ice things that you would have to climb yeah it's like oh can't do that guess we have to go around
1: yeah 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 um with you would probably want some either rule or uh something that means that if you like if you roll that there's a sheer ice whatever yeah if you roll that there is the side of a of a um What's the word for a glacier? There we go. A large yeah. ice thing. Um, if you roll the, the side of a glacier, you probably want the next like the, like the next hexes next to it to also be part of that glacier. So you yeah. probably want to make sure there's that kind of coherency between hexes.
0: Yeah, because you could roll on an encounter table and that could affect hexes around it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might say... I think that's place, the way to do it. It would say... This is this is a piece of a of a, a glacier, and here are three more pieces. Place them around this map. Yeah. In in un unrevealed hexes.
0: You've you've come to a ruined city. Roll a d4 and yeah. set up that many. Uh, set up that many hexes with that ruined city. Yes. That's fun. Um, I think you also need, in addition to like encounter table, like encounter tables is like is like the overall Mm -hmm. image i think you need the like monsters and threats yeah that are there which is like part of that is environmental so like you know you're in a fireplace you come to fire pits and like something else might also be there and then you also need monsters or like or monster modifiers
1: yeah i like monster modifiers
0: yeah depending upon how you want to how you want to do it. I mean, like, because you could very easily go like, this is, this is fire. What are some cool things? Spiders are cool. There's fire spiders. Fire, spiders. Um, and that's something that's like, spin monster tables webs. are easy that's awesome. to, um, fire webs is so cool. Um,
1: monster tables out, are really easy to fire.
0: expand also. Yeah. Which is a very nice thing. Like if you, uh, if you, if, if it comes with a fire spell. As well, it should. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be very easy to go like, yeah, and then here's six more. Now instead of rolling a D six, roll a D twelve, or flip a coin and then roll a D six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I feel like that's fun. Um, and I think also something that is important is what you can gain there. Ooh, yeah. Um, because. Uh, I was saying at the beginning, I think characters should, like, like this should be a game that characters are dying frequently, because it's post-apocalyptic, terrible situation. Yeah. Um, But I think that part of the idea is that you're building up what your little tiny society knows. Mm-hmm. So at first, your little society knows nothing. Yep. right
1: like they have that's the ice place that's the fireplace that's the spider we don't talk about place
0: yeah we do not go to spider place um but then they also like don't really know how to be adventurers yeah because like i don't want it just to be a thing of like like you know no one can remember what it is even was to have a society um like you've been hiding for a while yeah and like no one No one who was in your generation was raised to be a wizard. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you...
1: That gets back to the 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 conceit of the west marches game of like yeah you are a group of adventurers adventurers are rare the reason why that no no one has explored the west marches is because it's a dangerous region and most yeah. of the adventurers who go out there die and you can't go back east because that's the place that civilized people live and you are no you're you're now like a you're the the borderlands uh person like yeah you're the the you're the um the wild west cowboy like you don't fit in back like not that you're not allowed there but like you don't fit in in the the world back in New York anymore like you have to wear like uh, a suit and a tie like (laughs) you want to be on a horse
0: uh, looking out over that sunset I I wouldn't even know what to do with a tie if I found one yeah Uh, (laughs) but like I like the idea that like you go you go and you find a a dungeon in like the psychic resonance uh, hex and you find a psychic spell And then you bring that Mm -hmm, home, mm -hmm. and, like, your next character, you, like, when you're rolling up your next character, you have this option now that, like, you know a psychic spell. Interesting. And so, like, my thinking is that, like, you, as you, like, basically any time your character gains a new ability of some kind, it's like you get, like, some ability tables, that also gets added, or you get a table that's added to your home base. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have... You have pulled back some of the corruption in a Blades biome. That means when you generate a character, they potentially have learned something from an adventurer that, give the, that gave them a Blades biome ability.
1: Yeah. Um, I would also want... Uh in addition like it probably is an additional section to what can you gain there? Um yeah. what did you what was left there? Yeah um, for if your character if you have a character who dies and they
0: have a cool sword,
1: that sword should be there oh, when other yeah. people well, go back. That but goes also, into the
0: hexes, definitely.
1: But now like but now tainted by the ice magic.
0: Yes, yeah, so what effect what effect comes on things left oh behind. yes there you go yeah 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 Yeah, so that's cool you go back and, then and also find... what can you find like what can you gain there like uh like what tr- like treasure tables mm-hmm.
1: yeah um i i just love i love the idea oh. that i like the idea that you go back and find stuff but i almost love i almost love the idea like um we had talked back on like in, in one of the earlier versions of rad crawl uh, yeah like there was a whole thing about leveling up items so that you would change yeah. them so that like later generations would uh would get a different weapon um and I kind of almost like that the way that you level up magical items is by like your character has to die <laughs> and then <laughs> someone else idea, had, I like that too and then someone else has to go get it again because <laughs> it has to sp- it has to have been left in a spell <laughs> biome and affected by that spell in right. order to become That's a magical item
0: yeah. I also think that I need some stuff that's like, what happens when you settle it? Like, mm, yes.
1: Um, um, maybe that's like a, 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 what type of people would be attracted to come here? Or like, like, is it a? Oh, like, cool! Like, would farmers come here because there's good farming, or would fishermen come here because there's good fishing, or would this become a trade post because there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a quicker route between here to here,
0: like, like a, almost like a migrant table, like, yeah, for, yeah. like dwar- dwarf fortress style migrants that people like come come to live in your society yeah.
1: as you start to like f- play and learn more about it and um. And come to understand it more.
0: Yeah. I was also thinking that, like, basically, any hex, like, what does your society gain by having a settlement in that hex? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you are in, if you are in a super, like, a super beast biome, right? A place with, like, huge animals. Super beasts, yeah. Super beasts, yeah. Then maybe you have, like, like it gives you a surplus, like it gives you it gives your society leather, it gives your society uh food, but it has a shortage also mm-hmm, and so like basically you have like when you go to one of those places, you can bring oh like, interesting. you can't like level a trade like basically table, you like yeah. level it up, yeah, mm-hmm. so like you like level up the different settlements by getting settlements that help each other out.
1: I just like, even with the sort of riffing off of the migrant table, uh, I like the idea that it's not even necessarily like, this is a, this is a, a good farmland. And now that we understand how to live here safely, uh, we, the farmers can move in, but even just something like, um, now that we know these creatures are here like the thing that was preventing people from coming in like and and harvesting mushrooms from here was that we there were these creatures and so now that we understand yeah. that they only come out at night now when we go back through there we might run into mushroom harvesters they don't live yeah. there necessarily but they're they're going through that area
0: that's cool yeah so maybe there's even maybe the encounter t- table changes Dependent upon how much your society knows about that hex, yeah. And so, like and if your if your society is if your society is a society that has gone like, yes, we are centered in a fire hex, and we get exactly how to how to live here, then when you like go out and you find like a giant fire elemental, mm-hmm. it isn't it isn't necessarily the same experience. Yeah. Right. Cause like, first off you might be armored and set up for it. And also you might know, yeah, these things, these things are not as dangerous as you think. You just need to feed them a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like like the, now, now the thing that I'm thinking of is like, um, there's the giant super beast biome that has all of these giant, like super beasts that roam around it. Yeah. But like, now that we know that this giant rock turtle thing, um, Like, as long as you bring it some, like, whatever, bauxite, it'll eat, and then you can, like, you can climb up on its back and collect the milk.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so then,
1: you, like, next time you're there, you might run into some travelers who are going into that area
0: looking to collect milk. Yeah, or, like, like riding around on them. Yeah. And, like, you as an adventurer who's starting out your game can roll... And get that as, like, a thing that you start out with, and you've got, like, a cool turtle mound. So, like, that encourages yeah. you to, to like, try to basically make little points of light and, mm-hmm. like, make routes between them. Yeah. It's almost like a uh, like mouse guard, but you're starting from nothing.
1: Yeah. There's a little bit of, like, um, there's a little bit of Monster Hunter in there, too. Yeah, yeah, um, probably. Where, where like a lot of Monster Hunter is like learning about the world and and how the monsters like exist and like what are their yeah. weaknesses? What are the what are the the hazards around the map and stuff like that?
0: But like, if these areas are not huge, like let's say that a let's say that a spell biome is five to six things, right? Mm-hmm. Then you don't need that much content. No. In this, like, what do you see from afar? rumors spell manifest physical features that's one page like you don't need more than a page for that yeah. like that's a little like zine page right cuz i think like zine size is like yeah you know kind of osr book size the little guys um and then like arcane effect and count, uh what was it how much is left encounter table that's a page two pages of zine size uh monsters and threats that might be a little bit longer what you can find there might be a little bit longer. I'm again I'm talking a couple pages. Little my mi- little uh migrant table, shortages and surpluses. Again, that's a couple pages. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a couple pages that are like a workbook that you fill in. Yeah. Um and then boom, you've got this this thing. You've got a system that lets you generate these hexes.
1: Yeah. I like the idea that the um that maybe the, the that migrant table is yeah. like um uh Qu- the way that quest does like uh its world cr- generation is that um uh, Ma- uh yeah madlib style and yeah. so i'm trying to quickly scroll to that page um but the way that you like build out the beginnings of the world are by talking slowly so that you can find the page mm. and talk about it in more that is
0: one of the really interesting things about Quest is that you do talk slowly through that section yeah. so that you're able to find that page. Um, it's something that I think is a really interesting uh, possibility.
1: And so, like, so like one of the things when you're when you're defining your world is like the uh, it's it's in this world magic is blank, danger is blank, and daily life is blank. Yeah. And so that might be the thing that you roll on the table. It might be like um, uh, people have started to uh, to. To explore outwards, looking for blank, um, now that you have brought back blank knowledge. Yeah. And then you can fill that in.
0: Another thing is, like, you you can have it so that you're trying, like, if you're trying to, like, basically level up these things by, like, getting resources, you could say, hey, I need, in order for us to build this farm into a small village... Like in order for us to turn this like from a guard post to a little villagey space, we need a way to produce food here. Yeah, and it might be that you're able to solve a way to make food here, and it might be that you're not, and you need to bring something in. Yeah, and so it's like, hey, we found we found these turtles that can live here. Uh, and then you, once you have those, you bring them there, and then the next thing is like, okay we also need some protection from the fireballs that fall from the sky.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I like the idea of going like, hey, we're going to, right now we're going to look at this little settlement we have. This little settlement is doing great on food and stuff like that, but monsters keep coming in and taking all our stuff. <laughs> yeah. So oh, our fireballs to- keep falling out of the sky. Fireballs keep falling out of the sky. <laughs> And then you can kind of start to like build those different things and like as things get bigger you have you have characters that are then able to like take advantage of that. And so like when you start out, you can say, yeah, there is a booming uh there is a booming anti anti anti-fire armor place here. Because of course people need to wear that in order to live. And then you have that, and you're like able to just like go in. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. I like this a lot. Basically, my idea is that, like, the society becomes almost your inventory. Yeah. And almost... Like, your inventory and your character creation list. I still think this is a quest game. (laughs) It might be a quest game. I I envisioned this as a... uh, as a kind of like a black hack expansion, yeah.
1: I just don't know enough about black hack to say, but it, and I but don't know this, about quest enough to say. <laughs> so maybe for next time, maybe my maybe my homework for next time will be to read black hack because I do believe that I own it. So uh, I will find it and I will read it and then I'll it, check back.
0: the The reason that I that I'm talking about that is just because it's like a relatively easy system. Yeah, because like I think that it's important to have a system that's relatively simple. Yeah. Because if you're doing stuff that's super weird, then like I don't I don't think characters should have I don't think I don't think you want a character that has 17 levels of barbarian. Yeah. Then- right. Like I don't even really think you want a character that has the complexity of most BBTA characters. Yeah. Because you should be able to lose them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then quickly move on. You want
1: maybe like five different abilities that they can pick up, and then that's pretty much the like that's what they're gonna hit their their limit.
0: Yeah, like that's that's like that is your leveled up character. That's not your start. Like your starting character is like, I am a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. and I have this ability. Like I I'm would not, also I'm a spellcaster with ten abilities. It's like I know a spell. <laughs>
1: I I also like the idea that that would this is maybe like we're getting towards the end of this episode but like yeah. um I like the idea that that it it also it makes it easier for you to to rebuild a character if you lose a character which yeah. like that danger should be present but it also makes it easier to just sort of say hey we need a, a a specialist who can yeah and so maybe I will not play my barbarian or or like fighter character this time maybe I'll roll up a uh, like a, a a wood, a wood, uh, a woodsman, a woodsmith. What's the word I'm looking for? A ranger. Uh, a ranger. Yeah. Yeah. i was trying not to use ranger. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Something, something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and then maybe like, I'll have them, in, we'll we'll keep that character. Um, and then you might almost even be able to trade characters. Like, hey, why don't I play your ranger character? Because yeah. we need that.
0: Because the point is less about the individual characters. And more
1: And about. the point
0: is more about the, kind of the world you're, reclaiming. Yeah. 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 I like that. And I'm just like I'm just like it just I want character creation to be super quick, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like Mad Lib style, like in Quest. <laughs> this is <laughs> like, a quest game. Like,
0: like like Black Hack style where you go like uh warrior, roll d6. I'm done. Okay. That that oh, is that warrior, be easier. Roll d6, choose A or B. For oh, equipment okay. Yes. and then you're done.
1: that's still easier,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> still a little simpler than quest,
1: yeah, um, yeah, I think that that's really interesting. I think that this is something we should work on
0: yeah i i think I feel like this could be a lot of fun, and like I've been nostalgically wanting to do some dungeon dungeon crawls, and this also lets you dungeon crawl in a way that like I don't think is it's it's weirdly simultaneously extremely it's very much like go explore and claim this land and also you are claiming back the land that has been taken by the spell yeah. you're not like it's it's not colon. it's is simultaneously so colonialist and <laughs> i hope not at all colonialist yeah 'Cause you're you're really taking back your home. You're making a society. Yeah,
1: yeah it's like you were the people who live there. I i, I like that I think that this is where I was trying to get with some of the like learning about what was there is yeah. like part of that is like learning what were the mistakes that made this like like I think that there should almost be a what was the like what was it that caused the spell that like warped this land? So that like yeah. you can start to put pieces of that together. So you can figure yeah. out what the hell your ancestors did that yeah. that just
0: destroyed everything so that you can not do that too. Yeah, definitely. So. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's where I'm kind of looking. And th- now yeah. maybe maybe I'll do you want to each do. You want, do you feel like making a spell if you I, I know that I am in like a tinkering with this mood? Mm hmm. Uh, so I might grab this and like see about writing up a biome. Obviously yeah. not before the episode releases, but just yeah. because I kind of feel like doing it.
1: Yeah, maybe that's that. That can be some more homework for next for next episode. I if know if you feel like only if you feel. I, like I know that, that I am like so busy. I'm extremely uh, writers blocked on yeah. <laughs> a space between. I have just done nothing for it.
0: You know um, that happens, and it's totally okay. And you know?
1: and so maybe shifting and focusing on this a little bit and doing some work for this would uh, would get my brain juice going.
0: Do do you have a kind of biome you want to goof around with so we don't do the same thing? Um,
1: hmm. I would like to do
0: a. Should I do a random spell generator? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's see. Oh no, the first one I tried has gone down. Because my thinking is basically you can take any idea of a spell Mm -hmm. and just level it up until it is cataclysmic. Okay, I generated a spell using seven sanctums, spell generator. (laughs) I got ghostly ether auras. Interesting. So I guess this is like a ghost area. Does that interest you or not? Really?
1: I want to do. Um, I want to do one that's like a goo pit. Oh, okay, that sounds cool. really weird. But like, 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 what if there was a like an acid or tar or something? No, more like um, a gelatinous cube. Like, what if the oh, whole, nice. like, the whole region is covered in a gelatinous cube?
0: I love that. I love. I'm. I'm going to generate another one because I feel like this. Ghostly thing is because if you're doing a gelatinous cube, that's too cool. <laughs> it's too for me cool, to be sorry. like ghosts. <laughs> wow, this this site yeah. makes some weird, cool things.
1: <laughs> Featherfall. That's just a real spell. Come on. Void bomb. Chill. <laughs> 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 spell shield of rejuvenation judgment of dragons
0: judgment of dragons is what i do on my twitter all day long <laughs> <laughs> it's my uh my uh game of thrones knockoff book molten barrage Maybe I just...
1: <laughs> death flux life shower minimize
0: this is this is like the worst actual place to do this this is not a good way to do this <laughs> static rocket mystic flare okay I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to generate one spell and I'm going to do it no matter what it is. Okay. okay? Web of... I, I can't do it. Because <laughs> it's a web of perfect muck. Ugh. Yeah. It's literally just... the same thing you're doing. Vision okay, of time. Okay, this next one. As long as it isn't yours. you say fish of time? Vision. Vision of time? Excellent. Clear snares of frost. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. I love cool, cool, cool. Uh, ice stuff. Uh, i'm gonna write this down uh gelatinous cube yeah. world <laughs> um cool. it's our next b b d a game gelatinous cube world, <laughs> gelatinous cube world. and uh, i got the clear snares of frost cool spell it's a it's a big drum it's a, yeah exactly <laughs> so see through
1: if you have cool spell ideas for a spell biome uh, that you think should be included in this, that 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 are, if you think you can be better than Gelatinous Cube World uh, spell, oh my God, I don't see how you could. I'm so into Gelatinous Cube World. <laughs> Send that to uh, uh, t- uh to us to us on Twitter, where together we are at
0: Stop Back and Roll, or individually I am at and the Meltdowns, and I'm at Leon Gambetta. You can find all of our episodes in iTunes, Spotify, Google Music or at stophackandroll.com.
1: You might not be able to play you might not be able to see it on Google Music since I think that Google is music gone. Is now. Dead. So I'm going to remove that from our outro. As soon is as this I the changed first time, yeah. as soon as I changed the outro, the first time we read it successfully, they Google killed the one thing that I
0: said. I read um, it and I was like, "Wow, that was so smooth and nice."
1: um we make this podcast with the support of our patreon backers uh as well and so we would like to thank some of our friends who uh support us in doing this uh friends like jeff stormer who we talked about earlier uh jack blair bren Alpha Loose, Devin white benj oliver perks Himra, patrie linan and kylie if you would like to help support our show or our future shows uh check us out at patreon.com slash stop and roll
0: if you can't support us financially, support our community by becoming part of it. Come tell us about the games you're working on, the spell biomes you're working on, the gelatinous cube world that you live in. Join our Discord at tinyurl.com shrdiscord or discord.stophackandroll.com. So as you're getting ready to generate your fifth character this session, Oof. because the last one got destroyed by a world of Featherfall, don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a pod. Pick. Oh my God, I screwed up the intro. Uh oh. It's been like 50 that's episodes since time. that's happened. Jeez. It's been zero days since. Wow.